Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. And here we are on uh, Easter morning. Easter's a kind of a special day, as you might well expect, uh, a day where we can say those words that were just pronounced in that music. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, welcome this morning to this celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I would call your eyes to the book of Psalms. If you have it in front of you in your pew, you can open it up to there. Psalm 118. And the verses are from 14 to 24. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not let me die. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly 
enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Pray with me, won't you? Father God, thank you so much for the blessings that you give to us. We have no idea that uh, somebody might walk into our lives and that we can share your story with them. But we know how this story ends, Lord. You are risen. And as you have come to our lives and and changed us, help us to be uh, a venue to change others too. We would ask that you would put that special touch upon the uh, expectant uh, families and those who have now uh, brought new life to this core building, Lord, and uh, give them the wisdom to be the kind of parents that you know they can be and uh, give them the, the, the prudent minds that uh, will bring them and let this village raise that child with them. And Father, as we uh, look to our new soldiers today, we would ask that you would give them conviction and courage to wear their uniform in pride and yet in humility. And Father, as we gather together to worship this morning, help us to know that we know you as our risen Lord. For it's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. That's it.
After they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? <coughs> yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Take care of my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. A third time, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter became sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And so he said to him, You know everything. You know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. I am telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to get ready and go anywhere you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you up and take you where you don't want to go. In saying this, Jesus was indicating the way in which Peter would die and bring glory to God. Then Jesus said to him, Follow me. Let's stand and sing.
morning. This morning, Captain John and I have the privilege of enrolling the Salvation Army's newest soldiers. And we have six of them that we're enrolling. And so I'd like to ask Dawn and Randy Smith and Renee Howard, Ashley and DJ McLaren, and Lisa Bell, who is our other mommy waiting to deliver. Each of these recruits have been required to profess salvation through faith in Christ and to acknowledge him as both Lord and Savior. They have been required to study the doctrines of the Salvation Army as well as the principles and witness as embodied in the Soldier's Covenant and then to have been approved by the Pastoral Care Council. All these things they have successfully completed. Romans chapter 12 gives good advice for these recruits and for us as soldiers of the Salvation Army. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have different gifts. According to the grace given us, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. What a great challenge to these soon-to-be soldiers and to us as well. May the truth of the scripture be lived in all of our lives. All who wish to become soldiers of the Salvation Army are required to sign the soldier's covenant. In doing so, here's what they testify that they will worship God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they desire to fulfill their membership in his church on earth as a soldier of the Salvation Army. They affirm that their belief is in the Bible as the Word of God and their acceptance of the Salvation Army's articles of faith. They declare that they will be responsive to the Holy Spirit and seek to grow in grace. They will make the values of the kingdom of God the standard for their lives, showing Christian integrity in their deeds, maintaining Christian ideals in their relationships, and upholding the sanctity of marriage and family life. They will be faithful stewards of all that they have and are. They will abstain from the use of all enslaving substances and harmful activities. They will be active in God's work both in sharing the gospel and in serving the needy and will contribute financially to its support. They will be true to the principles of the Salvation Army. They witness that they freely enter into this covenant, convinced that the love of Christ requires this dedication of their lives to his service for the salvation of the whole world. And they declare their determination by God's help to be true soldiers of the Salvation Army. Randy, Don, Lisa, 
Renee, Ashley, and DJ, do you declare in the presence of God and this congregation that you undertake by the help of the Holy Spirit to live and work as true soldiers of Jesus Christ and of the Salvation Army according to the witnesses and promises you make this day? If so, raise your right hand and say, I do. I charge you to keep these promises you have made today and, by the grace of God, to be of blessing to the world in which you live. I encourage you to testify openly for Christ, to wear your uniform, to keep prayer a central place in your life, and, as stewards of your time, abilities, and financial resources, to offer these things to God, recognizing this as the only adequate response to Christ's sacrifice for you. In the name of the Lord, whom we love and serve, I accept your declarations and receive you as soldiers of the Flint Citadel Corps of the Salvation Army. Now to you, friends and family of these newest soldiers of the Flint Citadel, I have a charge for you as well, because these guys are going to need your support in their uh, walk as soldiers of the Salvation Army. And I'd like to ask you to remember to pray for them daily. Put them on your prayer list. Encourage their spiritual development. And don't hold them back from sacrificial service, even from hardships, as they seek to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If you folks, the friends and family, would like to commit to upholding and encouraging these new soldiers, I'm going to ask you to stand as I pray. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we offer to you the very lives of these soldiers. We offer them, Lord, for your service. And we ask that you use them to bring many souls into your kingdom. Give them, Lord, the spirit of faithful service and grant them spiritual fervor that they might serve you um, just with an excitement and a desire to see your will done. May your blessing be upon them as they continue to grow and to, and to develop. And may they learn to discern your voice as you speak to them through the Holy Spirit that lives within them. And Lord, this morning, may this enrollment not only challenge these soldiers making this commitment, but Lord, might it challenge each soldier here, each attender, to um, just redouble their efforts for the salvation of the whole world. It is in Jesus' name, our risen Lord, that we ask this. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's give them a hand.
his solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What nights of war, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. something you've said come back to haunt you? A woman invited some friends over for dinner and at the um, table she asked her six-year-old daughter if she would say the blessing. The little girl replied, I don't know what to say. But her mother insisted, Honey, you can do it. Just say what you, what you hear mom say. 
The little girl bowed her head, closed her eyes and said, Lord, what on earth was I thinking when I invited all these people to dinner? <laughs> you got to be especially careful around kids. Your words have a way of coming out of their mouths at the, um, at the worst possible times. Let me assure you that uh, this phenomenon of uh, hearing your words come back at you and kind of cringing isn't something new. From, from the time of Adam up until this present day, our words have a way of visiting us again. In our scripture passage for this Easter morning, John 21, verses 15 through 19, we see this truth playing out in the life of the Apostle Peter. Let me give you a little background on this passage. On Thursday night of, of this Passion Week, Jesus and his disciples shared what has become known as the Last Supper. Jesus told his disciples that um, they were fast approaching a time of, of great testing and that, in fact, in that time of testing, they would all fail. They would all forsake him. Of course, Peter said to Jesus, Not me, Lord. Everyone else might fall away, but not me. You can, you can count on me, Lord. I would never fail you. I would never deny you. I will go with you to prison and even to death if necessary. And Jesus said to Simon, I know you mean well, but the truth is that this very night, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. Well, as you know, that is exactly what happened. Peter's words, spoken in haste, came back to haunt him. Can you imagine how emotionally and spiritually devastated he must have been by this failure to live up to his words? Then the report comes that Jesus has risen. Jesus is alive. Peter must have wondered how he could face Christ after failing him so completely. How could he lead these disciples after his failure? How could he ever speak again about his commitment to Christ and expect anybody to believe him, anyone to even listen to him anymore? How could Peter redeem himself? So after the resurrection, the risen Lord comes looking for Peter. You ever had someone come looking for you? Jesus knows full well that Peter had failed him that night. Not once, not twice, but three times. And the risen Christ also knows how devastated Peter was by this. Peter needed forgiveness. He needed reassurance. He needed a second chance. Peter needed grace. Here's how that encounter is recorded in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these do? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and will bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. This morning, let's look at this encounter and see how the risen Christ seeks Simon Peter and meets three of his specific needs. And as we do, I want you to realize that Jesus seeks us as well. And he will do the same for us as he did for Peter. A man in his 80s needed to have stitches removed from his thumb. As the nurse was taking care of him, he shared with, um, with the nurse that he had an urgent appointment at 9 o'clock that morning that he could not miss. To make conversation, the nurse asked, Oh, what's that? I have the same appointment every morning at 9 a.m. I go to the nursing home to have breakfast with my wife. The nurse smiled and said, I bet that is the highlight of her day. Man replied, she doesn't even know who I am. She hasn't recognized me in the last five years. The nurse was surprised and said, and you still go every morning? Even though she doesn't even know who you are? The man smiled and patted the nurse's hand and said, she doesn't know who I am, but I know who she is. You know, there's a word for that. It's called love unwavering unshakable unconditional love and that's the kind of love that Jesus Christ had for Simon Peter he knew that Peter the rock had crumbled and now he felt more like dirt so here comes the risen Lord to give Simon Peter just what he needed at that moment there were no, I told you so, no blame game or finger pointing. At this simple breakfast, the risen Christ lets Peter know, I still love you. I still trust you. I still believe in you, Peter. And I want you to take care of my sheep. Can you imagine what that must have done for Peter's confidence to hear the Lord say that to him? Can you feel the burden that must have been lifted off of Peter's shoulders? Just as the risen Christ came to Peter that day with words and acts of love, so he comes to us with unwavering, unshakable, unconditional love. When we need love the most, the risen Christ comes to us. But that wasn't all that, that Peter needed. 
Peter needed what was extended by the Amish community in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On October 6, 2006, Charles Carl Roberts entered this Amish school heavily armed. You may remember this story. When it was all over, 10 girls ages 6 to 13 had been shot and three were dead in the schoolhouse. One died later in the hospital. Charles Carl Robert killed himself as well. And what was the Amish community's reaction? Probably not what you'd think. Following the killings, the grandfather of one of the slain girls went to the home of Robert's father and sat in his kitchen, consoling him and hugging him. He extended the hope of forgiveness that we all need these days, said a Robert's family spokesman. God met us in that kitchen. Jack Meyer, a member of the Brethren community, explained, I do not think there's anybody here that wants to do anything but forgive and not only reach out to those who have suffered a loss in that way, but reach out to the family of the man who committed these acts. Pretty amazing. Peter needed forgiveness too. And when he needed it most of all, the risen Christ came looking for him with love and with forgiveness. But Peter needed at least one more thing. Following Peter's failure and Jesus' resurrection, Peter had been waiting and probably wondering, what next? What am I supposed to do? Peter needed direction. And at the point of his need, the risen Christ came and gave him just what he needed. He said, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Take care of my flock. That's the direction I want you to take, Peter. That's exactly what I want you to do. I still have a ministry for you. I have a church to build. There's a needy world that needs to hear about me and my message of forgiveness and love. As you have experienced my love and forgiveness, now share that with others. I still want you. I still love you. I forgive you. I have work for you to do. Aren't those great words? And this Easter, God has a similar message for us. If we were completely honest here this morning, we would have to admit that we've all failed the Lord at one time or another. Most of us have probably failed Him this year, maybe even this week. And just as the resurrected Christ came seeking Peter, so He comes seeking you and seeking me. Not to condemn us. Not to uh, correct us and chastise us. But to forgive you. To love you. To give you a new direction. This story of Peter's restoration shows us that Christ not only can conquer evil and death as he did on this resurrection morning, but he can also resurrect us, can't he? Think about it. Isn't that kind of what he did for Peter that day? And you know, if he can do that for Peter back then, then he can do it for you and me today. 
He can resurrect us, give us a new life. He can forgive us. He can show His love for us, and He can set our life on a whole new course, give us a whole new mission. Christ gave Peter a second chance, didn't He? He gave him an opportunity to profess His love three times to make up for His three denials. Months earlier, maybe a few years earlier, Christ had called Simon Peter at a seashore very much like where this breakfast was. And he called him with two powerful words, follow me, follow me. And now Jesus restores Peter and he ends that restoration with those same simple words, that same simple command, Peter, follow me. Peter's dilemma is the same dilemma we all face, in a sense. What can any of us do to redeem ourselves? What can we do to redeem ourselves from our past failures, our past sin? And most, most of us intuitively know the answer is nothing. There's nothing we can do. We can try to work and, and earn God's favor. We can try and do all kinds of good things to offset all the bad things, but I'm telling you, that's a losing Proposition: You can never do enough good things to make up for the sin that's been in your life. We're really powerless, completely powerless. And that's the whole point of Easter, isn't it? Peter couldn't redeem himself, but Christ could. The risen Lord could redeem him and forgive him and encourage him and give him a new lease on life. And that's precisely what this wonderful story in John chapter 21 is all about. And let me tell you something. The risen Christ is here with us today. He's here right now. Do you sense his presence? He's seeking the one that needs love. Do you need love this morning? He's seeking the one that needs forgiveness. Do you need forgiveness? He's seeking the one that needs direction. Is that person you? That's why he did this. He came to give us the love, the forgiveness, and the direction we so desperately need and we're so powerless to provide for ourselves. He is here this morning. Won't you meet with him and hear what he has to say to you? We're going to sing a simple chorus. And as we do, I invite you just to, to meet with the Lord. You can meet with him in your pew. You can meet with him here at the altar. You can meet with him, uh, gather together as a family. You can meet with him in any way that you would like. But he's here this morning, and maybe he has something he needs to say to you. Maybe you have something you need to say to him. Just respond as God would give you leading. He is here.
know his presence here this morning? Do you know his presence in your life? I hope that, I hope that you do. I hope that this isn't some foreign concept that God actually cares enough to be present. But he is here. And, and if you have a need, if there's something that maybe has gone wrong in your life, if you don't have a sense of direction, he's here. Risen Christ, through your death, sin has been vanquished and death itself has been defeated. Reigning King, you have been exalted to the highest place and be, have been given the name above all names. Every soul in all creation shall bow before you. Yet you are not only the Saviour of the world, you are also my personal Saviour. You call my name. You know me through and through. Nothing about me is hidden from you. What a privilege to acknowledge you as God Almighty and to walk with you as my friend. Lord, move afresh in the midst of your church today. Come in your peace, remove all our doubt. Open our minds so that we may understand the scriptures. Fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we may be witnesses of your resurrection, preachers of repentance and messengers of forgiveness. In the name of the risen Christ we pray. Amen.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Bursley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.